What's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of The Dynasty Drive. Going to keep the intro pretty short this week. We have a show recapping week one in the NFL, joined by a good friend of mine, Peter Trana, who's been on the show before uh, on the episode where we broke down the NFC East. So um, please continue to support the podcast, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on all the social media accounts. On Instagram, we're at the Dynasty Drive. On Twitter, at Dynasty Drive. Like the show on Facebook. Uh, other than that, we're going to kick it into about an hour-long conversation with Pete, recapping Week One of the NFL. All right, joining us again is good friend of mine, Peter Trina. Pete, thanks for joining us again on the show. Thanks for having me. Always, always, and we're going to talk. Week one of the NFL. It was uh, very good to have football back. We did. Texans Chiefs a little bit already last week so we'll skip over that since we know all the good stuff that happened there and just so that we don't have to talk about it at all later on in the podcast when you know we're really in a groove I want to talk Jets Bills so we can just get out of the way talk all all the bad stuff right off the bat there's nothing good to say about the Jets Le'Veon Bell is hurt for who knows how long he's out for at least three weeks we know that on IR um Denzel Mims got put on IR so we're not seeing the rookie anytime soon either mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna get a lot of gross Frank Gore carries um maybe some uh, honestly hopefully he gets healthy and we can see at least some Michael Pirine that would be more interesting to me in terms of dynasty value uh but this is gonna be a lot of targets funneled to Jamison Crowder and hopefully Chris Herndon uh, I don't know. Do you have anything positive to say about the Jets? Because I'm a depressed Jets fan, so I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> man, um, no, man. There was not a lot to <laughs> talk about. I mean, the, I mean, the defense didn't play well. I mean, Josh Allen tried to give him that game back, but oh my, there no. There's nothing positive to say about the Jets. I mean, the Bills there, are good though. Yeah, I was gonna say there is at least some pieces that I, I, I'm excited about on the Bills. Josh Allen, somebody that. I've said a few times on this show that um, kind of I, 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 you, honestly what I've said was I thought he was sort of a gross real life quarterback and a really good fantasy play. But aside from the couple fumbles, I mean, he looked he looked pretty good. I mean, he completed 70 yeah. percent of his passes over 300 yards, a couple touchdowns. He had the rushing touchdown. Really, everything you like about him as a fantasy play. I mean, the yeah, rushing exactly. floor was there. Yeah, 35 points, for, you know, Yahoo. I mean. Can't go wrong there, that's for he, sure. It was fourth-ranked quarterback. Yeah, I think somewhere right around there. The uh, the thing that I think I find most interesting about Buffalo is the running backs were about a 50-50 timeshare in terms of carries, kind of like I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm starting to want – like Josh Allen ran a lot. 14 rushing attempts. So I designed rushes too, it looked like. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if he kind of eats into that floor of both Singletary and Moss. Um, I don't know though. I it's interesting. Moss got the touchdown. Um uh, the passing touchdown from him. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think right now it's shifted because I think right now I think I prefer Zach Moss over Devin Singletary, which isn't how I felt like at the at the you know a few months ago mark right. uh, what do you think you prefer singletary over moss or one way or the other i prefer moss i mean we spoke about that the last time yeah uh, you know i like his receiving upside and i think it's only gonna keep happening you know yeah but honestly i mean either or i mean it, i don't know if i'd be super stoked having either of them 
as like a more than a flex or like a two. Yeah, I, I at least think for as bad as the Jets are, they'll probably still end up like a pretty good rushing defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Singletary and Moss will both have some more productive days um, ahead of them. I was surprised to see, I mean, Stefan Diggs didn't have a like banner banner day, but nine targets, eight catches, 86 yards. Uh, that's honestly more production than I expected week one in a new team with Josh Allen as his quarterback. So uh, I might have been a little too low on him we'll see if that kind of continues uh, if that continues i think he's a, a you know super valuable player um but i'm interested to see if that kind of keeps its its peak where it's at yeah uh i don't know the jets <laughs> this game this game yeah. is gross yeah. it's a gross game i'm upset about it and we're gonna move on from it now because i don't want it to ruin any of our other good <laughs> vibes let's talk about a game with way more fun pieces in it seahawks falcons Ooh. uh before this game one of the one of the predictions I put out beforehand was that DK Metcalf would lead the Seahawks in receiving, and I think I said he would go over 110 yards. He was close. He did leave the team in receiving. He had 95 yards. But, um, yeah, they let Russ Wilson throw the ball, 31 for 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, he had the same amount of touchdowns as he did in completions. Uh, yeah, yeah. They should let him throw the ball more, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been, I feel like it's been like five years that they've just been bogging down Russell Wilson's potential out there. But, yeah, just let him go. Yeah, I let think go. DK and Tyler Lockett are, you know, both locked in for me anywhere I can have them. I wish I had more DK Metcalf because I think Same this here. is just like a sign of things to come for the year. Um four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think he's going to have so many big monster games this year. Um, I wish I had more of them. The, um, the running backs on the Seattle side, I don't know. It's I'm interested by this group because I don't, even though this was like a pass heavy game script for the Seahawks and, you know, I don't expect it to be the case all year like that. No, I just kind of feel like, Chris Carson doesn't have the same hold on this job he's had before. It feels like they're trying to think of a reason to move on from him. Like I Carlos Hyde a little involved. Okay. I know he was inactive yesterday, but I think DJ Dallas will get involved at some point here. And I just don't know if I trust Chris Carson to ever be that like, you know, 15, 20 carry back again. Like I think he's part of a timeshare at best right now. Right. I mean, he only got six carries. Yeah. Um, Hyde had more carries. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, even going into the year, I didn't like any of them particularly. Yeah. So, I, I'm sticking with that. You know, there's nothing changing there. The Falcons, uh, Todd Gurley. I, that's about what I would have expected Todd Gurley to do. You know, fifty mm-hmm. some rushing yards and a touchdown. If, I think if you can get that on a consistent basis, that's probably the value that you're hoping to get out of them. What's was interesting to me with the Falcons in terms of the passing game, because Matt Ryan, yeah, lock it in. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a more consistent guy to bank on going over 4,000 yards passing, but um, in terms of the receivers, interesting to me that like I, we all expected Julio to be Julio and sure. everybody was waiting for the Calvin Ridley breakout, but for Julio, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage to all have 12 targets and all go over a hundred yards receiving is interesting to me. Like I wonder if uh, Russell Gage stays that heavily involved, like he was involved down the stretch last year and posted a tweet a little bit earlier that I wonder if with 
Gage getting, you know, equal amount of targets as the other two. Uh, in terms of snap count, Gage played 68 snaps and Hayden Hurst played 81. And I wonder if those numbers kind of start to drift towards the middle ground somewhere where Gage's snaps come up a little bit and Hurst's go down a little bit. Um, not that they, you know, directly impact one another in terms of playing the same position or anything, but uh, he's clearly got the trust of Matt Ryan. And I think it's very interesting if, I mean, Matt Ryan is definitely a pastor that can support three receivers. It's just a matter Absolutely. of, if it's going to be gauge or if he ends up, you know, reverting back to the tight end at some point, I'm sure it'll be due to personnel and game plan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is just incredible. Julio Jones, nine for 12, 157 yards, no touchdown. Like, it's like I don't know what it is. Typical Julio Jones day, but I mean, I hate I'll it. Take that every day of the week though. I, mean, I will too, but points, you know? uh, give Julio, come on, give us one year of like, I don't know, 13 touchdowns, yeah. just like a monster touchdown year. It just it would be the perfect bow on top of everything. Yeah, I mean, that game is, I think, more of a testament to the defense as well. Yeah. I thought that the Falcons' defense was improved. Uh, I guess not. Apparently not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan Quinn's still trying. Yeah, he's he could be on the hot seat if this doesn't go right. I think so. That's part of the reason, too, I think that – you can expect Gurley to stay pretty involved. Like I think he'll continuously get, you know, 14, 15, 16 carries because he's on a, you know, they have no reason not to run him. Dan Quinn needs to save his job. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to bears lions. What a lion's way wow. to lose this game. <laughs> I feel like every time I turn on the lions game, they're blowing a fourth quarter lead. Or it's, <laughs> it, it's literally every other week. It's t- they're a, it's it really is it's kind of sad and uh no kenny galladay so you know nothing too much to talk about there most of the receiving work uh, a lot of it got funneled through hawkinson he had the touchdown Mm -hmm. um some work for danny amandola some for marvin jones uh not really surprised but adrian peterson got the majority of the rushing work disappointed gotta, but not surprised <laughs> i gotta tell you man they're what they've done in the running back room is very interesting they spent what two second round picks yeah. and they go get adrian peterson off the you know the waiver wire and give it's, him the bulk of so stuff. 14 carries they gave him for yeah. nine and you know productive he had 93 yards sure it's just like Okay, if you want to move on from carry on, that's fine. But I just, uh, I wish I could see DeAndre Swift get more. And I know everybody's killing him for dropping that touchdown pass. But, dude, you know, he's, yeah. it's a rookie. I'll forgive it. I'll I don't think it's, he dropped one last year at all. It's like, you know, it, these things happen, but you can't give the guy three carries. I mean, yeah, no. I, he needs to get more than that. I am I'm still a believer in rhythm and, yeah. especially with running backs. I mean, you can, obviously, everybody's not going to get 15, 20 touches, but you got to get more than three. Yeah, at least he was targeted five times in the passing sure. game. Um, and hopefully he'll do more with that in the future than, you know, three catches for 15 yards. I still love Swift long term, but it is, you know, this year is going to be tough because Matt Patricia screams, I'm going to give the ball to Adrian Peterson, you know, 14 to 19 or 20 times a game just just because that's we're going to win football the old fashioned way. Well, and he's a guy closer <laughs> for his life, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So. Well, you could get some sneaky garbage time points with Matt Stafford and uh, hopefully Gollum yeah, back. Tr- yeah. On the Bears side of things, uh, Mitch Trubisky continues to be one of the most confusing players on the planet. <laughs> and uh, I'm not really interested in him anywhere besides like super deep, super flex leagues. But 
my boy David Montgomery with the super groin healing ability. Yeah, he got 13 carries, but almost five yards per carry. David Montgomery's not dead yet. Not dead yet. Um, the Bears, man. <laughs> There's nothing I like about the Bears fantasy wise, really, besides David Montgomery, and that's even that's a stretch. Yeah, I, I like Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson, but it's just hard to hitch. Uh, it's just weird because I don't know what you're hitching your wagon to in terms of the quarterback. Like, well, I don't they, know. If they're going to win, they're going to win ugly. Like, they're they're not going to win because Mitch, you know, is throwing 400 yards, you know, five touchdowns. They're going to win defensive, like, slug them out kind of games. Like, you know, I know yeah. Mitch didn't play bad today, but let's be real. I don't think that's, you know, Mitchell Trubisky's game. No, nah, I, I still feel like eventually Foles is playing games for that team. Yep. Uh, so, it's uh, just a matter of kind of, of when he has that gross, super gross Mitch game, I think. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Packers, Vikings. This was fun. Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour, baby. Revenge narrative. You want to draft <laughs> Jordan Love? I'm throwing for 364 and four. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I love it too. It felt like everybody was so ready to just be done with Aaron Rodgers. Like he was just, I know, like the last year and the year before, you know, not like quite peak performance, but I mean, He's that was it. That, that was Vin. Yeah, that was vintage Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, man. he's If he's got any kind of chip on his shoulder, and he's already got a chip on his shoulder just naturally, like, I don't know, man. If he could, if, if their receivers, if anybody else besides Devontae Adams could just be a warm body, yeah, that'll be a – like, I'm curious to see who's going to get that second job because it looked like uh, Lazard and um, Scant- uh, was Valdez Scantling. Yeah. We're both trying to lose that job. I, I think Lazard – probably solidifies it i don't know he just feels more like he like valdez scantling has that i feel like he's gonna have those handful of just blow up monster games Mm -hmm. and like good luck predicting when they are when lazard i think can hopefully settle into that okay four or five catches you know 50 60 70 yards sort of thing Devontae's gonna get the targets like 17 targets last week and i mean whoo boy let those keep coming (laughs) i i really think Devontae finishes this year as wide receiver one i just think he's gonna get peppered with targets and he's still a beast when he's healthy i mean 14 catches for 156 and two touchdowns is that's quite good he's amazing he he really is he Um, really is what about the running backs for green bay what do you what's going on there i i don't know i i still i like aaron jones um you can't really complain too much about the game. Not like a huge game, but he had 66 yards rushing and a touchdown. A um, couple handful of catches, four catches for 10 yards, nothing too crazy there. But I think that it's still his his job for the most part now. Jamal Williams will be involved a little bit. It seems like A.J. Dillon is at least in the background for now. Mm-hmm. I could see, you know, down this if, – if nothing else, I think Aaron Jones has like the lead role locked up for this year. Uh, you know, before free agency and everything, I could see him leaving next year and AJ Dillon kind of stepping into the lead early down back role then. Uh, and uh, who knows next year's running back free agency class was supposed to be this star studded class, but all of them got paid pretty much all of them. <laughs> except Aaron Jones. Yeah. So I think Aaron Jones probably catches on next uh, someplace else next year. And AJ Dillon slots in then speaking of running backs that got paid though, Dalvin cook got paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, couple touchdowns on the ground, 50 yards rushing. 
Uh, also, Alexander Madison, 50 yards rushing. So, you know, that's uh, Dalvin Cook, still good. It's, you know, uh, this week was weird. It was like, for the most part, it feels like a lot of the guys that you could count on, aside from a handful that we'll get to later, like, you know, Dalvin Cook gave you what you expected, maybe not in terms of rushing totals, but you got a handful of touchdowns and you're never going to be upset about that. No. And uh, Adam Thielen, a couple touchdowns too. So Kirk Cousins, again, you know, super efficient pretty much, 19 for 25. He had the one pick, but 259 in the two scores to Thielen. Uh, playable guy for sure, but. 10.4 yards um, per, per attempt. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Efficient for sure. Uh, uh, we'll move on to Dolphins Pats. Um, I just I want to see Tua play quarterback. Yeah, I really do. I know that like this is a bad Fitz game, and sometimes you get those, but um, yeah, I want to see Fitzpatrick play, man. Or sorry, not Fitzpatrick. I want to yeah. see Tua play. Well, I mean, if you're gonna throw two out there, he's got under 200 yards, three interceptions. I get you don't want to get Tua killed, but we're gonna see him sooner than later. And the, this, I think you could have surprised this Patriots team without a lot of key pieces on defense. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys opted out. I think they could have surprised them and did some, you know, game planning with Tua. But I was thrown off a little bit by the strange kind of uh, divisiveness of the running back carries for Miami. Yeah, like Jordan Miles Gaskin gets the most carries, and it's just kind of weird. Like he had nine, Jordan Howard had eight. Matt Breida had five and kind of makes me feel like what you said earlier about, you know, believing about guys getting into a rhythm. I think Jordan Howard is for sure. One of those guys, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what you really gain with, you know, eight carries to Jordan Howard. Yeah. He's just, you know, let him bang it in between the tackles for a little bit and see if he can get a rhythm going. I think, I think he got hurt at some point in this game. Oh, did he? I think so. But not the whole game. I know he came back at half. I think after halftime, I mean, regardless, if he came back, he's just be getting way more than eight touches. Yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't get what that does, especially with Matt Breida. I mean, the uh, what does Miles Gaskin do that Breida or Jordan can't do? Yeah, it's it is it's interesting uh, that he did have the most attempts. I wonder if like I I'll be interested to see if that continues next week. Because uh, yeah. if it continues next week, where even if it's not that he has the most carries on the team, but if he has the second most carries on the team, still over Brita, and you know Howard has the majority of them, it'll still make me perk up a little bit because I really thought it would be Howard Brita, and that would be the majority of it. Right. Um, obviously, the the passing game wasn't really clicking. Like we said, under 200 yards passing, no touchdowns. Devontae Parker uh, at least hauled in all four of his targets, only 47 yards. Preston Williams targeted more, seven targets, but only had two catches for 41 yards. Uh, they're both at least intriguing options if the offense can get clicking a little bit more, but uh, kind of a roll of the dice until we see what it looks like. Or tough to say who Tua will inevitably make his guy or his you know heaviest target will yeah. be. I was I was hoping that Tua would get in because and then that would give some Gasecki love. Yeah, you know, just the whole you know young player on the run, maybe dunk it down to the tight end. Sure. Um, that, that was, and I played him, uh, Gusecki in the daily fantasy. Cause I was thinking, you know, maybe, you know, they got all these guys injured in the middle and the linebacking corps. Yeah. You know, I played I him thought, in a couple thought, spots too. Yeah. I thought he would get a lot of work there and he only got three receptions. The, uh, the Pats, Cam Newton still, uh, running. The, he's 
Look like college Cam Newton out there running yeah. quarterback power. Boy, oh boy, man. <laughs> I, boy, oh boy. I am interested because he had that quote like a month ago or a few weeks ago, whatever it was, where he said like, oh, uh, McDaniels can call some stuff he never called before. And I think a lot of people took it as like, oh, you know, what kind of line is that? But I think this is what he meant. Like they haven't yeah. had anybody there that they've been able to call design quarterback runs 15 times in a game for. Absolutely. There's not too many teams that can do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I hope that it does like, I hope that it does lead to some more uh, efficiency for the running backs. Uh, Damian Harris is hurt, but uh, I hope I would love to see Sony Michelle get back on track and hopefully uh, have, he had the touchdown, you know, only 3.7 yards per carry against Miami. Um, but, you know, I think Miami's got a, a little bit of an underrated defense. I don't think it's yeah. the, the easiest front to run on. Uh, so hope back end too. Yeah. Yeah. They spent a lot in terms of investing there as well. Um, receiving work. I, Julian Edelman, it feels like all five of his catches and all 57 yards came on like the same play. It feels like every time he was <laughs> ran that crosser out across the yep. field. Nikhil Harry, at least uh, interesting to me that he had the six targets. He, you know, fumbled that one through the end zone that should have been a touchdown. Uh, would have give Cam the, the passing score and him a receiving score as well. But uh, interesting to see Harry that involved. He's somebody that I thought could maybe develop some chemistry with Cam, just since Cam had some a little bit of luck with the big body guys in in Carolina before, and uh, Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. Uh, right. Either I know Edelman in terms of dynasties, just you know he's getting long in the tooth for sure. But uh, Nikhil Harry, somebody you have any interest in? Oh yeah, no, I love Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry's upside. That's the guy who you want in this receiving corps. Uh, Edelman, I'm trying to sell like you were talking earlier. Well, yeah one of your earlier shows um i would try to sell him absolutely he's gonna have one of those games i don't know where he's gonna have like 15 catches yeah for like 130 yards and then that's where you sell him yeah 100 percent agree Nikhil, Nikhil, i think he's gonna be the guy here long term i mean there's nobody really stopping him <laughs> yeah i i hope that uh, it keeps going for him i think it was at least aside from the the wonky fumble uh encouraging to at least see him involved early i hope he continues that's to build like, off of it good yeah. yeah good start uh e eagles and football team that's the next oh, man. <laughs> um it's kind of surprising to me that miles sanders didn't play um I, that came out of nowhere yeah it's a little concerning to me honestly because my problem with miles all offseason has been if you were drafting him in startups or if you were trying to acquire him in trades in dynasty i re you were paying like ultimate ultimate peak value um, he, I, like, I don't know if he was ever going to get more expensive than he's been this off season. And this injury, like, I know I don't want to blow like one early season injury out of proportion, but it does give me that little bit of pause where it's like, okay, so is this like one of the last things that Doug Peterson needs to say, well, you know, this guy can't be the true workhorse bell cow type guy. Like, do we need to keep uh, Corey Clement and Boston Scott, who was nicked up now in his own right, involved. Right. Um, so that's the one thing that gave me some pause there. Um, love to see Jalen Rager with the one, the one big catch. Uh, he had a couple, you know, four targets. Uh, hopefully that chemistry continues to uh, evolve there. I was ha just happy to see him play. Honestly, a couple, couple days or a week or so ago, it sounded like we weren't going to see him for the first three, four weeks of the season. So uh, good to see Jalen Rager involved. Uh, Dallas Goddard, though the blow up tight end, he had yeah. the, he had the big week. And well, it's crazy because so did uh, 
what's his name? Ertz. He had a couple. He had a touchdown. Yeah, I think. I think they, we, he had a touchdown. Seven targets. Yeah, yeah. There's both had a lot of targets. Ertz had seven. Goddard had nine, but nine for one hundred and one and a touchdown. That's uh, you know, it's it's interesting to me there because I think that they honestly this year both provide some fantasy relevancy. It's it's weird because they spent a lot um, getting speedy wide receivers and the outside. Yeah. And they just dinked and dunked all day. I mean, average, you know, pass was 6.4 yards. That You're not going to win too many games like that. Yeah. Um, and their line was just decimated. So if, you know, if you spent a lot on, you know, Rager, which you probably got in what, a first, you think a first or a second? Yeah. Early second, I'm a little, I'm a little shook, shaken, but. I think that he'll still be okay there. Um, I don't know. I hope he continues to work off of it, but. Yeah, I could see the the concerns as well. Um, in terms of Washington, yeah, Washington, Washington, the football team. Yeah, football team is just hard to say. It really is. Yeah, that's just terrible. They, re- I like, I get they didn't want to rush into it, but like, just pick a name. Yeah, just pick a name and have it not be racist. It's not that hard. Not that. <laughs> it's it's not that hard. Um, I don't know. If Peyton Barber ever gets 17 carries again this season. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 17, 1.7. 1.7. Oh. Oh, it's disgusting. It's horrible. I hate to even look at it, honestly. The two yeah. touchdowns. Congratulations to everyone, all one of you that started Peyton Barber someplace. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just even just glancing at the numbers. It's like, why are you not giving Antonio Gibson? I know I'm an Antonio Gibson fanboy. But why are you not giving him more touches? He's got the four yards per carry. Yeah. Four I, yards on. I mean, what are they doing? They need to. I This feels like some weird, like, you know, oh, we'll defer to the veteran in week one sort of thing. Yeah, um, maybe it was like a pass protection thing. Like, like, I don't know, man. Get Antonio Gibson out there. Your team needs playmakers. He needs to touch the ball uh, more than, you know, two catches and nine carries, especially if the alternative is you're giving Peyton Barber 17 carries. Um, I hope that the carry number goes up for Gibson. And if not, the target number needs to come up from two as well. Like to get that guy involved more. Um, Terry McLaurin, you know, five for 61. Uh, You know, that's about what I would expect. Yeah. Seven targets. He's involved. Uh, Steven Sims, he's come up a couple times on the show back when Joey was on too, but he did have 50 yards, uh, only had three targets, but capitalized on him for sure. I think he is somebody that in deeper leagues uh, is going to have some relevancy. He's not going to be you know super consistent on a week-to-week basis, but somebody that I think can definitely uh, give you a boost in like a, a deeper league if you need somebody in a second or third flex spot. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, besides, you know, Terry – He's going to get all the double teams, right? If anything, if you're going to key in on somebody on this defense, yeah, you know, on offense, you're going to key in on Terry. So there should be work for some of the other receivers out there. Yeah, especially underneath and everything like that with Terry's mm-hmm. speed. Uh, I agree. Somebody, uh, it seems like Sims is going to have the first opportunity to kind of, I thought it would be uh, Kelvin Harmon, but before he got hurt in the offseason, um, when he went down, it seems like it's opened up the, uh, the door for Sims to kind of lose that role. So, We'll see if he keeps growing with it. Um, Raiders, Panthers, uh, Josh Jacobs is a grown man. Three rushing touchdowns, baby. I wish I had more of him. I know. I I know. I don't have any either. And, uh, yeah, he's a great, great player. I I love to see the carry number. I mean, 25 carries. It just feels like such a – 
such a John Gruden thing, you know, like six targets too. Yeah. It, hey man, we're going to hand the ball to our guy 25 times, man. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, this, the six targets for four catches for 46 yards. I'm, it's not like crazy Christian McCaffrey eye popping numbers, but that goes a long way in yeah, balancing healthy, out yeah. his value, man. Like if he, now I'm saying, man, cause I'm talking about the Raiders, like I'm John, <laughs> John Gruden, man. Um, yeah, if he's going to chip in, you know, three, four, five catches for 40, 50 yards every week, that's huge. I mean, that's a huge bone, uh, boom to his value, especially when you're doing something rushing for, you know, just under 100 yards and three touchdowns. He's a stud. Uh, I agree with what you said. I wish I had way, way more of him than I do. Yeah, I was a little bummed with Darren Waller. Um, he got the target, so I'm not too worried long term. But you know, six for 45. That's not, I mean, listen, that's not bad from a tight end. Yeah. But, but after the year he had last year, you're expecting right. a little more. I think with all the weapons though, I think he actually will benefit a lot more from that than the receivers. I will hand up. I did. Uh, Brian Edwards has been my guy like all off season. And I, you know, predicted he'd go 60 yards and a touchdown in this game. He only got one target and one catch for nine yards. So I hope Brian Edwards, uh, gets a little more involved in there in the passing game. But it looked like early on, Henry Ruggs was getting featured pretty much as heavily as you could have expected him to mm-hmm. uh, before he got nicked up a little bit. But on five targets, three catches for 55 yards uh, in, like a, in like a half of football pretty much. Uh, so I hope well, he can... Witten got some work too. Yeah, yeah, whatever's left of him. Yeah, he's got the... <laughs> Look at that Jason Witten stat line, one for two. <laughs> but uh the Panthers broke my heart to see Robbie go six for 115 and a touchdown that was uh upsetting as a Jets fan watching Chris Hogan play wide receiver for the New York Jets man Robbie that's if you're a Jet fan I'm sorry you know that's just that's he should be the Jet I mean, agreed yeah 20 yards per you know per catch like yep 75 yard touchdown it's it's crazy it's a typical Robbie day. I mean, he was doing that all year. Yep. DJ Moore, I, I think way better days are ahead. Uh, he did have he the, targets, the nine yeah. targets, so that'll uh, – more will come his way. Only four for 54. Christian McCaffrey, still great. You know, 96 yards and a couple touchdowns and another 38 on the – or 38 through the air. Um, it's interesting. I, I It's more targets than I was expecting for Robbie uh, initially. Uh, him and Curtis Samuel both had eight targets, so – um, uh, similar to like what I said about Atlanta, I'll be interested to see if, you know, DJ Moore, Robbie and Curtis Samuel all hover right in that same area. DJ Moore had nine and the other two had eight. Um, but Bridgewater was pretty good man. I, he, yeah. 270 yards. And he threw the long touchdown to Robbie. Uh, if he can push the ball like that a little bit and, you know, keep throwing in the put yardage up in the high two hundreds or crossover 300, uh, he's going to have a lot of fantasy relevant weeks too. And it'll be definitely good news for anybody who is rostering uh, any of the Panthers wide receivers. Yeah. And I think they'll be coming from behind uh, a lot. So they'll be playing from behind and trying to put up some points at the end. So yeah. I don't, they're not going to be giving up. I don't think with a new coach as well, they got something to prove kind of, you know, it's not a veteran team where it's like that they're kind of just like packing it in. I think they're going to play hard all year and try to put up points. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I agree just with the division that they're in. I think they're going to be mm-hmm. kind of forced to chase points at some point at, at some point. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think they will be playing from behind in some of those division games. And like you said, not going to want to just lay down, roll over and, and take the loss. Um, 
Colts Jaguars. I don't know if anybody picked the Jaguars to win, but that's a pretty surprising uh, turn of events after I've been pretty openly down on Gardner Minshew and <laughs> the Jaguars as a whole. Um, <laughs> I saw a tweet about this, and I have to say this before we get into this. Gardner Minshew, um, I think it was a, this is not verbatim, but it's like Gardner Minshew is pretty much who we thought Baker Mayfield would be. I mean, it's not wrong. It's it's really not <laughs> like but, the moxie, the swag, yeah. but he's you know better than Baker's been. Yeah, I'm. Oh, yeah, we'll get to him in a little bit, but he did not look good. Um, interesting to me, a couple things about uh, the Jags, and then we'll move on to the Colts, the Jaguars. DJ Chark had the touchdown. He'll have bigger days, obviously, than, yeah. than three for twenty-five. In terms of the passing uh, work, LaVisca Chenault, it's interesting to me that he was involved both as a runner and receiver. Uh, had the four tu- four targets, three catches for 37 and a touchdown, but also had two carries for another 10 yards. So I'm, I'm interested to see if they keep him involved in a variety of ways like that. That's a huge, huge increase in value, I think, in my eyes for like the short term. Uh, he's still a really intriguing player to me long term as well. Um, it's uh, a lot hinges for me. I just, I don't, I just can't buy all the way into Gardner Minshew. Like it's, no. it's fun, but I just have a hard time believing, even though that they won this game, that they will win enough games to not be in position to draft a high level quarterback prospect. No, but, but with Chenault, at least it's positive. Like you said, they, they gave him those rushes. Yeah. Attempts at, you know, cause that, that was the knock on when they drafted it. Like, man, I wish he went somewhere else that they would utilize him a little better. Oh, yeah, it's 100% what I said. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, maybe they'll at least give it a shot. I mean, you have Gardner Minshew playing quarterback. You might as well do something funky, you know what I mean? Yeah, and if they can keep him involved at least in like a a second running back kind of role or like, you know, a a gadget running kind of role, it seems like they like James Robinson. Uh, He had 16 carries, averaged just under four yards per carry. Um uh, I'll be interested to see if that, how that shakes out when Armstead comes back. It could be potentially a, a messy group uh, when everybody gets healthy there. But I think if he can have another game or two where you know he gets 15, 16 carries and puts up decent yardage, he could end up you know being the lead guy for the majority of the year. Yeah, that's a funky backroom. It's weird. Yeah. It is very, very weird. The Colts, the checkdown god, Phil Rivers lives. I. Oh feel so good about my prediction that Naheem Hines would be involved. <laughs> yeah. He Spot is on. Austin Eckler light. I knew that Phil Rivers is addicted to throwing the football to the running back. He really is. He's addicted he just- to it. Jonathan Taylor caught six. I feel like he didn't catch six all his college career. Right. And <laughs> even like Paris Campbell getting work like that. He just, he can't help himself. You know, Paris is a wide receiver. I know, but like, he can't help himself just dinking and dunking and with that awkward throw, it's just the best. But it you is. By Phil, you die by Phil. You do. You do. But it is Paris Campbell season. I yeah. am so excited. Uh, six for 71, no touchdowns, but nine targets, uh, just as many targets. Him and TY were tied for lead targets on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, just under 12 yards per catch. Rivers obviously trusts him. Like you said, he is going to make a living on those underneath routes, the crossing routes, the stuff that Phil likes to throw with that weird shot put motion. Um, But I think he's somebody that uh, I've 
said since last year, even though he had a crazy injury riddled campaign last year, uh, that in dynasty, I think the arrow is pointing so far up on Paris Campbell. He's so athletic. He's so explosive. He is ready to go right now. If he can stay healthy, I honestly think that the sky is the limit for him. And uh, I'm very interested to see it. I, did expect Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr. to be more involved from the jump. Um, I wonder if some of that, you know, changes within the next few weeks. But uh, with Campbell being so involved, T.Y. still having nine targets uh, and the the aforementioned addiction to running back targets. Um, <laughs> Hines is going to stay involved. He's going to get, you know, a handful of rushes and a bunch of targets a game, I would imagine. Uh, it's unfortunate that Marlon Mack goes down with an injury. I think he's a pretty perennial, a perennially underrated guy when he is healthy. Uh, so it stinks to see him go down, especially when he doesn't have a contract in place for next year. So hopefully he can get healthy and latch on with either the Colts and uh, the Colts again next year or with another team. But it's hard to not be excited about Jonathan Taylor moving forward. I have said kind of ad nauseum how much I loved him in terms of being running back one for me. Uh, but he is going to get all the work he can really handle in the short term as well now. So it's great to love what the long-term future is, but we're going to get it in pretty much in, in immediate terms right now. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, there's nothing but upside there. I, and if he can catch the ball like he, like he did. Yeah. going to feed him. Yeah. So. That's crazy. I honestly, that passing work is so much, it's, it's funny that it's almost like reversed, right? Like mm-hmm. all we said all off season about Clyde Edwards, Alaire is like, Oh, well the targets he's going to get in the chiefs offense and da, 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 da. And then that first week he's got zero catches and 25 <laughs> carries. Uh, he had like the two targets, but no catches. And obviously it'll balance out at some point, but it's just funny that then in almost the opposite happens in Taylor's first game where it's like, Oh, six catches. Like that's doesn't feel like what I expected at all. But, yeah, they're both going to be super, super productive players. Uh, really, I think, in that upper echelon of young running backs uh, to be rostering in Dynasty. And I just traded for him. <laughs> I'm very jealous. <laughs> uh, Browns, Ravens. Baker Mayfield stinks. I hope it works out. Like I hope he gets it together. But that... This that game on the Brown side, and we'll talk about the Ravens. It's spoiler. Everything was good. Everything worked. Yeah. Uh, but the Brown side, I don't know. Baker just doesn't look right. Like there's some stuff that it reminds me of when I'm watching Sam Darnold, where it's like, you're better than this. Like there's, and you have the talent around you. Like you, there's just, there's plays in that game where Odell Beckham is running wide open and it's just, flat out missed i think in my eyes by baker mayfield yeah um he, ba- do, you think, do you think odell beckham jr misses eli Manning? yes yes <laughs> i don't I, I think he's like i miss eli i'm glad i still have all the money that eli helped me get paid uh but yeah i don't know it's it's interesting there right now odell had the 10 targets uh, only three catches for 22 yards there should be some better days ahead baltimore is a good team across the board uh both offensively and defensively but yeah, I mean Baker did not look good. Under 200 yards passing, a touchdown, a pick, uh, took a couple sacks. Interesting to me though was that the the running back work was divided as evenly as it was. I've said kind of for the last month or two that um, I thought Kareem Hunt would be you know involved early and often, and posted a funny Twitter poll uh, after he signed his extension, like 
what does this do for his value? You know, does it keep it the same, increase it, decrease it? And literally every answer was like an even vote. Like nobody has any idea. Yeah. Um, but 13 carries for Hunt, 10 for Chubb, uh, 72 yards for Hunt, 60 for Chubb. I honestly, I think they're both going to be pretty, pretty involved on a regular basis. The difference for me that has me value, uh, and not that I don't want to say that I value Hunt higher than Nick Chubb. Um, but the cost difference is pretty substantial. And I mean, Hunt had six targets in the passing game and he didn't do a lot with it. You know, only had nine yards, but Nick Chubb only had one target. So uh, Kareem Hunt's going to be involved in the passing game more in my eyes. He's going to have better days in the passing game because I think the whole offense will. Uh, But it is interesting to me to see that he had, uh, and again, it could be game script kind of stuff where they're playing from behind. Maybe Hunt's going to get the majority of the work, but in week one for him to end up with more carries than Chubb, I think that's noteworthy. Yeah. And, and the, the, the receptions too. I mean, the attempts at least, because that, that to me, I didn't look at it. That to me screams third down work. Yeah. Don't yeah. go, you know, dunk it off on third down after being rushed. Sure. You know? Sure. hundred percent. The, uh, the Ravens Lamar is, you know, doing Lamar stuff. He only had, 45 yards on the ground which is always funny to say only 45 when it's a quarterback but uh 20 for 25 for 275 and three touchdowns mark andrews looks like he's kind of cemented himself in that elite tight end category um Mm -hmm. five catches two touchdowns with them um hollywood brown i love it big blow up week for hollywood brown i think that this is going to be a big year for him uh, if he can stay healthy, I'm really, really excited about what he brings long term. And J.K. Well, Dobbins, uh, sorry to cut you off, but J.K. Huh. Dobbins then it looks like he's going to cut a lot more into that Mark Ingram workload earlier than people thought. He had the two, you know, short touchdown runs, seven carries to Ingram's ten. Uh, I think Dobbins pushes for more work earlier than a lot of people expected. Yeah, man, I didn't expect that either. I really didn't think he'd get much work if we're being honest i mean i i knew eventually he would get a lot of work but not week one yeah um i was more surprised with willie sneed still getting you know he got four targets yeah had the touchdown too yeah uh he just never goes away man i feel like he's just always like getting like a big touch not that it was a big touch but he's always making a play here or there in a game but then he like falls asleep for the rest of the game so i kind of feel like he could pretty consistently right now like end up that like third passing like not aside from the running backs like the most of the passing work will obviously get funneled through hollywood and mark andrews but i don't know sneed getting involved like that early is, is a little interesting to me like it doesn't look like any of the running backs caught got any passes yeah uh-huh. Yeah, yeah none of them got any work. So that is interesting that he could be that guy that they're kind of going underneath because yeah, if you got Andrews underneath and, you know, he's going to get a lot of the double teams except for the guys that are going to be like, you know, over the top on Brown. Mm-hmm. So he should be getting some love in the slot. Uh, I thought it would be DuVernay. Well, I'm hoping it'll be DuVernay. Yeah, I think he's over still going to get involved over time at some point. They got him returning kicks and punts, I thought, you know, so they trust him enough. Uh, moving on to Chargers Bengals, uh, early on it uh, it looked like Eckler was not gonna have a great day at all. He did end up with you know 19 carries for 84 yards, um, only had the one target and one reception, which is 
you know, the antithesis of what the argument for Eckler has been uh, all all offseason. Interesting to me was, and I said on um, Chris Doherty's new podcast, The Road to Round One, that I expected Joshua Kelly to get involved and kind of take over that old Melvin Gordon role. Um, Week one, Josh Kelly, 12 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. I don't think he's going away. I think he's definitely past Justin Jackson on the depth chart. Uh, I think Kelly stays involved there. Uh, passing the passing game is going to be, you know, up and down while Tyrod's at quarterback and inevitably uh, the switch to Herbert will happen at some point. Uh, and that's where I'm more interested to see how it shakes out in terms of long-term value. Um, Cause I, yeah. I don't know, the passing game just feels pretty low volume right now until that uh, switch inevitably does happen. Yeah. I like nothing about the Chargers' offense with Tyrod Taylor there. Not that I, I love, um, Herbert or anything like that. But yeah. I just, it at least I, gives I, you the hope for, you know, pushing the ball a little bit more and, uh, you know, trying a, something different, a little yeah. more explosiveness. Yeah. Not that I don't like Tyrod. It's just, I just, no, you like just he, know what you get. It's, yeah, he's going to manage the game. And I don't mean that in a negative. It's just, uh, yeah, it's not going to be, it's not fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, moving on to the Bengals side, uh, Joe Burrow, pretty, you know, nondescript day, but he did have that pretty great, uh, drive at the end of the game that got blown by that kicker, uh, Randy Bullock, but, um, <laughs> the bad, the bad hand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my leg. Um, <laughs> you just see that? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, but yeah, AJ green led the team in targets. Uh, so I, I would imagine that probably continues to be the case. If he can stay healthy, uh, five for 51, he'll have bigger days as Joe Burrow settles in. I think the efficiency for Mixon will come up. He had he had 19 carries. Love that. Only 69 mm-hmm. yards, uh, 3.6 per carry, no touchdowns on the ground. But um, I think that that number will come up as Burrow settles in and, uh, you know, can can prevent teams from just stacking the box against Mixon. Yeah. Um, who do you think is the second going to get this? I mean, the third receiver on this team. Who do you think is going to get that work right now? It's interesting because – it's like it's obviously AJ Green and Tyler Boyd, and mm-hmm. I guess right now, like I guess right now, it's like John Ross by default. But I don't really okay. love it. I think like I hope that they don't have this hesitancy to like not put T Higgins out there because it feels redundant with AJ Green. Like I think if you know let T Higgins start getting some work and you know work them in there it's, um, it's like having a second tight end like you know you know he's not gonna block it doesn't matter yeah yeah exactly so i feel like it's probably john ross right now but i could see t higgins kind of eat into that eventually hey john ross is fast he ran the fastest 40 you know <laughs> he's got that island yeah <laughs> <laughs> you think he what do you, you think he does anything with the island no it's it, that's got to be like a huge tax liability <laughs> I would say, right is there does he have like a lifeguard on retainer on the island (laughs) all right moving on buck saints tom brady threw two picks he's washed up he's done hey this is it this is the year Uh, i know tom will settle in at some point and do tom brady stuff he did have a couple touchdowns uh chris godwin you know six catches for 79 yards i'm not worried about Mike Evans weird stat line one catch two yards and a touchdown uh, he's always he always has these weird kind of tough matchups with the Saints and Marshawn Lattimore and mm-hmm. he had the wonky kind of hamstring th- uh, hamstring thing leading up to the game 
Um, so I think that'll work itself out. Bruce Arians already kind of, you know, seemed like gave some oil to the squeaky wheel for Mike Evans today. Said, you know, he, they, they need to get him more involved. Um, the running game is, I, I don't know. It's, I don't think Leonard Fournette is going to be a thing here. I, it doesn't look good. Ronald- I mean, unless he, he could, he could fill in that role that the Garrett Blunt role. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not the Patriots though. So it's a different system. You know, it's, I don't think, I don't think there is that role on this team. Yeah. Really. No, it's a fair point. Um, the saints, um, Kamara had, oh, sorry. Yep. Kamara had the touchdown, um, both on the ground and, uh, through the air, uh, Drew Brees, you know, pretty low volume day. He threw the two touchdowns, only 160 yards passing. Uh, he only completed 60% of his passes, and Taysom Hill completed 100% of his passes. Uh, uh, it was, well, it was mean, only one for one. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it was like 118 quarterback rating for Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I think this game is, like, not it's not the COVID game, but, like, this is a game of two teams that are two, like, polar opposites. One that's, like, completely brand new. Completely, yeah. You don't have any continuity. You know, they got Tom Grady, who's going to be, you know, retire as the best ever, most likely, besides Mm -hmm. Eli Manning. (laughs) (laughs) But and then you got, you know, the Saints team, which is just like they're just a rock. Like, say what you want about this team. And they this, I don't know, they 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 build it right most of the time. And they just they won this game because they're more prepared. And I think that's going to be kind of like a talking point this year. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to me for in the short term to see how Michael Thomas plays through this high ankle sprain. Uh, I know that this now they're saying it looks a little more serious than they thought it was initially, um, but he's still hoping to play through it. Um, in terms of Alan Kamara, he's got the big contract extension now. Long term, is he? Even though he's got the extension, I moved him down a little bit in my rankings, even oh, under somebody like Joe. Uh, sorry, Joe Mixon. Uh, just because I'm a little concerned with what his future looks like post Drew Brees, um, what do you think about Kamara long term? Well, post Drew Brees, I mean, is it really going to be Taysom Hill? Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's what scares me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if it is, well, honestly, dude, if it is though, that might even they might be doing like a wildcat. They just run like the triple like, option. Moving miles, <laughs> like yeah, it's just going to be like, Kamara's and he can though. pass. <laughs> It's just gonna, you're just gonna do everything. I mean, I like Kamara a lot. I think I I do think he's not gonna be like your, you know, Adrian Peterson workhorse back in the day. He's yeah. a really good player, but I mean, he gets eight targets. Uh, if he, as long as Sean Payton is there, I like Kamara. Yeah, we'll move on to Cardinals 49ers. Uh, I thought that the Cardinals obviously they came away with the win, but a pretty big. Pretty big game for Kyler Murray, uh, 230 yards passing, but 91 yards on the ground. Uh, he had the rushing touchdown, the passing touchdown, and probably what should have been another passing or was close to another passing touchdown. I want to say mm-hmm. it should have been, but uh, Hopkins got dragged down at like the the one-yard line or whatever it was. Um, but huge target share for Hopkins, uh, pretty similar to Devontae, and, uh, Devontae Adams in Green Bay. He put mm-hmm. up 14 catches for 151. The rest of the passing work honestly doesn't even really matter to me all that much in this one. Um, 
you know, Larry Fitzgerald had five targets. Chase Edmonds had five targets. Kenyon Drake had two targets. Christian Kirk had five targets. That all pales in comparison to Hopkins having 16. Uh, I mean, the machine, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, talk it, about a guy who had awful quarterback luck for most of his career. Yeah. He, gets, he finally gets a good quarterback, gets traded to another young quarterback who, you know, obviously had a decent rookie year, pretty good rookie year, but still a second year quarterback. And he's just putting up, you know, putting work in and steady as they come DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Drake had 16 carries for 60 yards and, uh, and the touchdown that he kind of vultured from that long Hopkins uh, catch and run mm-hmm. uh, Drake. I've, I've honestly warmed up on him a little bit. Uh, I don't think I'm quite as high as some people still are on him. Um, the yards per carry weren't there in this one, but 16 carries is more than honestly I expected in week one for him, especially with that weird little like walking boot spurt that we had a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good to see him involved there as well. The 49ers, it feels like every pass weapon is hurt. Uh, George Kittle's a little banged up now. Uh, Debo Samuel ends up on IR with the the Jones fracture thing in his foot. So we'll see how long he's out with that. Uh, no Brandon Ayuk in this one. Uh, it's kind of a mess in terms of receivers there. And the running game is just still uh, – Raheem Mostert at least got the majority of the work. Uh, wasn't like crazy efficient, 15 carries for 56 yards. McKinnon had a handful. Tevin Coleman had a handful. And I think that'll be the case most weeks, except there inevitably will be that week where it's like Mostert gets five carries and Tevin Coleman gets 21. Yeah, uh, the 49ers are not a fantasy team really uh, right now. I mean, they're a real good real life team. Yeah. It's just hard to predict a lot with them right now outside of Kittle when he's healthy. And if he's going to try and play through this injury or miss a couple games, it it gets a little more murky there. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, Cowboys Rams. um, Some production here. I mean, Dak, not a huge game, 266 yards passing Zeke. That's the, it's like the most Zeke Elliott stat line ever. I feel like 22 rushes, 96 yards, 4.4 carry and a touchdown. Like that's, yeah. a, that's a Zeke Elliott game. If I've ever seen one, you got another receiving touchdown as well too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Four, four targets, three catches, 31 yards and the touchdown there. So yeah, I mean, nothing to complain about with Zeke, uh, Tony Pollard, you know, involved minimally at best. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooper, a monster at target share, 14 targets, 10 catches for 81 yards. CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup about even. Uh, Lamb had five catches for 59. Gallup had three catches for 50. Gallup got robbed on that one play, though. He should, ha- he should have had four for 95 or yeah. 90 yards, whatever it was. Yep. Uh, they all looked really, really good, honestly. Uh, all three of those receivers, I think, are exciting. Uh, CD Lamb and Michael Gallup. I still think they're both going to be players valuable in the short and long term. Um, yeah, I agree though. Gallup was robbed on that one, but uh, nice to see Lamb involved to that extent that early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six targets is promising. Yep, for sure. Uh, on the Rams, Malcolm Brown had the majority of carries and two touchdowns, like the ceremonial Mike, uh, Malcolm Brown opening week of the NFL. <laughs> Uh, I still think Cam Akers is taking that job. I know he wasn't super efficient, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I I can't see Malcolm Brown being the starter all year. I just, I don't see it. You don't, you don't draft Cam Akers in the second round with your earliest draft capital that you had to not give him every opportunity to be the guy. Exactly. There's no chance. Uh, 
Malcolm Brown, like you said, he just does this every year. He has a couple blow up games. He's going to be the highest added guy in the waiver wire, and then he's going to fizzle away. Yeah. Um, Goff, 275 yards passing through the one pick. Um, Robert Woods had the majority of the passing work here. In terms of looking at it from Dynasty, who would you rather roster right now in Dynasty, Robert Woods or Cooper Cup? I feel like most people are just going to default to Cooper Cup. I think I'd rather have Woods. I would rather have Woods too. I mean, he's like the the least sexy fantasy football receiver you could think of um, in terms of like a number one on a team or two, whatever he is, because you don't know. But I just feel like he's always – Just up- constantly produces. Yeah, yeah he just – he really might be the most underrated wide receiver in football, honestly. Right. Like, it, and he's not even old either. Like, I feel like he's like, no, is he like thirty? No, I think he's like twenty-seven. I think he's just under thirty. I, I remember looking it up a couple weeks ago. Twenty-eight. Yeah. So I still got some good years in him. That's for sure. That yeah. is for sure. But yeah, I I don't know. Not a a hugely productive game for the other passing weapons there. I know he only had one catch, but Van Jefferson did have that one really nice catch mm-hmm. down the sideline in that game. Uh, he had two, a couple other targets after that. So uh, interesting to me, he did have more targets than someone like Josh Reynolds. So I'll be interested to see if uh, Van can uh, stay a little involved moving forward. And I thought that the tight end um, Higby, he would get a little, a little bit more work. Yeah, um, I, I expected him to as well. But, yeah, it is what it is. All right, we'll wrap it up with the two Monday night games. I'm, I'll I'll let you go Giants last. So we'll do Titans-Broncos first. <laughs> uh, so Titans-Broncos. Uh, no Cortland Sutton, obviously, for the Broncos. Uh, in terms of receiving work, Noah Fant looked really good. Yeah. Uh, he, he looked explosive. He was involved. Uh, six targets, five catches, 81 yards, and the touchdown. Uh, Jerry Judy had eight targets, and there's a couple clips floating around out there of Judy just putting on, you know, foot, footwork, footwork yeah. clinics, man. He is so ready to go. Um, I'm honestly – I know Drew Locke only threw, threw for 216, but I'm a little interested to see what the passing game as a whole ends up looking like once they're they're all there. Do you like Locke? I do. Yeah. I think that uh, I really love what they've done to try and support him. Uh, right. I think if he's going to be, the, I mean, th- there's not a lot. I mean, he didn't throw any picks. He mm-hmm. completed 66% of his passes and you know, he almost won a game against a team that was in the playoffs last year. So I think, and that's without his full complement of weapons. So I, I do kind of like him. I, I was more down on him early on uh, last year. I was like, oh, I don't know, but he's shown enough to at least, you know, have the opportunity to, to try and make his mark as the guy. Absolutely. So, uh, Philip Lindsay has the turf toe thing. Melvin Gordon, 15 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. I think honestly, uh, and I know Lindsay is banged up, but that's kind of the workload I was expecting for Melvin Gordon anyway, to, be in that you know 15-ish carry range. Uh, I think he's going to get that kind of work pretty consistently. I know he's got a tough matchup against Pittsburgh coming up, but I think on a team uh, that's contending, uh, Melvin Gordon is probably going to return some decent value this year. Yeah, man. They you don't sign him when you have a guy like Philip Lindsay because you know you, you want him to be your second running back. Like right, you know, they made a point. They wanted Lindsay is what he is. He's a little bit of a glass man. He's a good player and he's i think he's a better receiver too but 
Melvin Gordon's going to get that work, the carries at least. You know what we can all drive ourselves nuts about, though, for like the next couple days? Is, is the Corey Davis breakout real? <laughs> is he Devontae Parker? Like Corey Davis is breaking out late. Seven catches for 101. Oh. I've got him in a dynasty league somewhere. I forget what league it's in, but oh man, if Corey Davis breaks out, I'm going to be so happy. Corey Davis looks like <laughs> on every. This is my sleeper. He's on every sleeper <laughs> list for, I feel like, five years. <laughs> five years. He did he, he did have the same amount of targets as A.J. Brown. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying that he's, like, going to break out, but if he has eight targets again next week, I'm going to perk up a little bit. Yeah. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Derrick Henry, 31 carries. It's, it's obscene. This has got to be the only running back in the NFL. It's like, yeah, hand me the ball 31 times. No, that's, that's fine. It's yeah. exactly what I'm built for. Uh, he only had, you know, 3.7 yards per carry, but 31 carries, it'll get you 116, baby. He's, uh, I love ground and pound. I do too. He's such a <laughs> such an awesome player. He really is. He, he really is. He just he's like a a better Brandon Jacobs. Like, it's just fun. It's just yeah, fun that like, he's so big, so fast, so strong. Like. Yeah, man, hand somebody thir- the ball 30 times a game and just let them run people over. All right, Steelers-Giants. Lots to talk about here, Pete. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I'll let you start it up and, you know, kind of tee it up. I'm going to start it off just by apologizing for trying to predict to anybody that James Conner was going to finish this week as the top 12 running back. <laughs> shame on me. Shame- that's hand up. I should have it- known that James Conner would have some sort of weird injury. Like it's six carries in. It's not looking good for him, man, because when Snell came in, he absolutely did way more with yeah. his touches. 113 yards. I mean, he got he eventually got 19 carries, but he was way more efficient. It's interesting to me because I know they're already saying, like, oh, you know, there's hope for Connor to come back this week. But I don't know. Part of me has a hard time believing now that Connor's just going to walk in and be like, okay, you're going to get all the carries and Snell's here just to back you up. Like Snell looked pretty good. He looked way better than anything he looked like last year. Um, I think that that's an interesting situation to monitor. I don't think that's Connor's job to be demanding like that. Really? Honestly, I don't necessarily think so either. Um, I don't know. Like Mike Tomlin has seemed kind of like oddly committed to him, Um, but does kind of feel like okay well after you commit to somebody for so many times and they're just continuously kind of banged up time and time again and then snell comes in and puts on a performance like he does i don't know how you don't keep snell involved to some degree you have to i mean those numbers i mean listen the giants defense they're not this is not the 84 bears i mean you know 85 bears but the numbers are what they are Connor yeah it was not looking good when he had yeah no he had six carries for nine yards his long, his long run was three yards. Oh, Saquon <laughs> Barkley numbers. <laughs> Saquon was in the negative for a while there. Huh? Uh, yeah, besides, yeah, besides one play. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, finish up the Steelers. Juju had the two touchdowns, six catches for 69 yards. Nice. Uh, De- <laughs> Deontay Johnson, 10 targets. Yeah. So I know he didn't have the touchdowns, but uh, catch numbers were the same. Yardage was close. 10 targets for Deontay. Um, interesting to see. Uh, uh, Maybe the breakout's coming. Uh, it seems like him and Juju are the guys there. Chase Claypool had the couple, t- uh, couple nice catches, but not super involved. James Washington had the touchdown, but not super involved. Um, but the Giants, 
Well, what do you what do you think? I'll let you kind of riff on the Giants for a little bit. Saquon, obviously not a great game, but some other pieces to be excited about. Well, yeah. Well, I just I just want to make one point about the Steelers. Uh, yeah, sure. Johnson first. Um, those ten targets. I mean, I think he's obviously going to get work like that, but I think that was more of a product of the Giants' number two receiver. With I mean, um, cornerback. It was Corey Ballantyne. They weren't really giving Logan Ryan that many snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just going to harass whoever was out there because I mean they they had no depth in corner. So I sure. think that's kind of a product of that, but. I just wanted to get that out of there. But the Giants, man, I mean, it was frustrating because there was parts where I'm like Jason Garrett is typical Jason Garrett. He's, you know, run, run, first, second down, and he's looking ugly, and, you know, Saquon can't do anything. And it seems like they only ran to the right side. Yeah. And I'm sorry, to the left side. But, and then there was parts where Jason Garrett was calling these play actions, and it's like, okay, this was set up off the run, and it looked really good, and there was a lot of promise in the Giants' offense. <clears throat> one really bad pick. That's it. Um, yeah. Daniel Jones held on to the ball too long. Got hit. I mean, this is a good Steelers defense. So I'm as a Giants fan, I'm not too upset with the loss, knowing what they were up against. But it is a little upsetting knowing that they had that that fumble in the first quarter. That they could have punched that in for a touchdown. And then sure. at halftime or another touchdown there, they gave up right when the Steelers were getting the ball at the half. So it's Little things like that where the Giants could have capitalized. But in terms of fantasy, I mean, Darius Layton, we were talking about that last time I was on here. Yeah. Nine targets, 102, two touchdowns. I mean, he's just he's just the biggest, fastest guy that they have out there. And he's going to keep getting that love. Yeah, I think he's uh, definitely got some rapport with uh, with Daniel Jones. Um, and I don't know, he's, he's he seems like he, he's had so many of these, like, blow up like multiple touchdown games Mm -hmm. in a a short career already uh that if he can you know keep keep building in those other points of the uh, of the season with some consistency uh so that you know not necessarily peaks and valleys but keep the blow up game sure but i think he's taking that next step and going to be uh an ascending player for sure he's somebody that i'm pretty excited about long term yeah, man, and there was no Golden Tate out there either, so that's just another guy who is going to open it up for him, you know, going down the I hope, field. I hope Evan Ingram gets it together. Oh, man, seven targets, man, and I just feel like – I think I wrote down there. He made he messed up at least five times in this game where, where it was – I don't know why you'd ever have Evan Ingram blocking. I mean, just, yeah. give, it <laughs> just give it up. Like, Yeah, that's not his deal. I know, you know, you don't want to be too obvious always in the game. We're going to throw it. Use him as a – like, just, just say it as it is. He's a wide receiver. Like, it is what it is. So you can't have yeah. him out there blocking uh, TJ Watt. <laughs> no. No, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. So, that – I think I think Evan Ingram is going to be fine. I think he's going to have a big year as long as he's healthy. And so I think Shepard and Saquon are just going to keep getting dink and dunk down the field. Saquon is not going to have 15 carries for six yards every. No, game. no, no. Please, um, please, no. <laughs> yeah, he 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 managed to salvage it with the the six receptions for almost 40. Yeah, uh, for 60 yards, but he's going to be fine. I mean, people are overreacting about that right now. I've seen people on Twitter like, oh, you know, if you can't open up any holes for yourself, you know, you you're not a good running back. You know, this is not a generational running back. 
Yeah, that's so fine. If, if that was put into like nine man fronts and they were just like, here you go. Yeah. So that's if the that, problem. If the people reacting like that are rostering Saquon and leagues, I'm absolutely sending offers trying to steal them then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's week one, baby. It's in the books. It was good to watch a whole slate of football, though. It felt good. It felt great. I didn't think we'd be here, man. I, really I know. Did. Neither did I. So it's. I'm glad we got here. I'm glad we get to do it all over again this week. Uh, I thank you for for joining me to cover some of these games this week, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Whether it's next week or the week after, we'll definitely have you back on because we're we're gonna do this second show uh, weekly now, covering the prior week, and then you know keep the Friday show as well. So we'll do it again soon for sure. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks again for having me back. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care. Later. Thanks again to Pete for joining me to recap week one of the 2020 NFL season. We're going to have our regularly scheduled show coming out this Friday like normal. Uh, we'll preview some of what's coming in week two and get into some other stuff as well. But thanks again for continuing to support the show. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Yeah.